Hey, how you guys doing? It's uh, Pastor Josh here, and I'm very excited to be able to share this message with you today. But before we continue, I just want to recognize, uh, if you're here for the first time, man, we're so glad that you've decided to spend this Sunday morning with us. I know it's strange. You may be looking at a device. You may be looking at a television or a computer. And normally what we do uh, when we're here uh, physically is we'll have you raise your hand and we'll all just, you know, give you a round of applause. But I just want to uh, recognize if you're here, we're so glad that you spend this Sunday with us. But I want to ask you to do something very specific. I want to ask you, since you're watching this on YouTube, that you will just write a comment and say, hey, this, this is my name and I'm here for the first time. And my commitment to you is that when you come to our church physically, we're going to give you a gift just to say thank you for joining us. All right. Sound good? Anyway. We have our Easter Sunday celebration coming up next Sunday, and we're preparing for that. We've done a bunch of things to be able to bring to you uh, a service that will be helpful. And so I want to encourage you to invite people. And uh, as we end this message, I'm going to give you some tools for you to be able to do that. All right. Also, I want to uh, encourage you, since you're watching this on YouTube and we doing, we've been doing a lot of things through YouTube, that you will subscribe to our channel, that you will just go to the button subscribe, you push subscribe, and then as soon as uh, these uh, episodes, these messages drop, they will appear immediately on your inbox. That way you can be updated with everything that we're doing. Also, as we uh, continue through this message, um, I'm going to preach, and then after this message, uh, I'm, I'm having uh, Francis, our uh, Encounter Youth Leader, uh, he's going to guide us in a time of communion. And so I want to encourage you to participate in that. Maybe you can get some juice and maybe like a piece of bread or something like that so we can be a part of this together. And then as we uh, continue, we're going to do uh, one worship song that I also want to encourage you to sing along with us. I'm having Anthony uh, lead us in that song of worship. All right. Sound good? So today is Palm Sunday. Isn't that crazy? Today's Palm Sunday. And today is the day that we remember the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Now, I know he was celebrated at first, but then we know how the story ends. But then we know how the story continues. And so this is um, uh, the moment, you know, in Matthew chapter 21. Let's, let's go, go to that. Matthew 21, uh, verse 7. It says this. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very long large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Of course, we know how the story unfolds. We know that he was exalted at first and then he was crucified, but then he was exalted again. And so this leads me to the uh, second scripture that I want us to read today, which is in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. It starts by saying this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not look Looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Brothers and sisters, I want today to talk to you about the topic, this is not about you. So if you have someone next to, to you, just kind of, you know, give them an elbow and say, hey, this 
is not about you. So we're going to go to our church announcements and then we'll continue with this message. Hello, my name is Sarah. I'm part of the team here at Downey First Christian where we exist to love God, love people, and serve the world. Here are your announcements for April 5th. We continue to love God through our Sunday services. If you haven't made it a practice to sit down with us each Sunday at 10 a.m., make sure you and your family join us. Snap a picture to share with us on Facebook or Instagram and tag our church so we can all be encouraged knowing we are still gathering together. Last week, you received resources in the mail to help you love people through cards and notes that you could give to neighbors and friends. If you haven't checked in with your growth group, family, or neighbors yet, consider setting up a weekly check-in to stay connected with those in your life. If you didn't receive mail from us, send your address to sarah at downyfirst.org and we will make sure to send you our weekly packet. Easter Sunday is April 12th. We are planning an extra special online service to help us celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. While this is an excellent way to grow in our love for God, it is also a great way to serve those around you. Many are facing the unknown of this virus without the hope of Jesus. Invite them to join us online using either the invitation cards we've mailed you, Downing First Christian Church's Facebook event, or a personal text with a link to our YouTube channel. Another way we have been serving the world has been through prayer, donations, and time given to our food help ministry. We served a record of 193 families on March 28th and are continuing to keep our doors open every Saturday. Please pray that God's grace and His peace will continue to be evident through this outreach. Give as you can financially or through donating food. And come serve, if you are able, to touch lives and bless families. Let us remain faithful in both prayer and generosity for our church and community. See you next time. All right, I want to start with a question. Have you ever met someone who seems to know everything? Like this person who's never really listening or this person that is just sort of like waiting for a silence in a conversation to be able to say what he has to say. Have you ever met that person who, who his, his only um, interest is to be able to show how much he knows? It's almost like they're talking to themselves and they like listening to themselves talk. It's interesting to, to, to get to know these people. And if you've never met that person, it's probably because that may be you. I'm just kidding. It may be. I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is that it's very interesting to see these personalities. And the interesting thing is also when you get two people who have the same type of personality and you see both of them interacting with each other, it's just a game of I'm going to one-up you. You know, I said this and then the other person tries to do that. So it's no longer about the topic that they're talking about. It's about who wins the argument. In other words, it's all about them. Now, we can be very critical of this type of people, but we have to admit that we all struggle with this. You know, even from birth, the first words that we learn, you know, are mine for me, me, you know, that kind of stuff, because we're always thinking about ourselves. Now, the good thing is that we grow up and then we grow out of this, right? Not true. I think we just get better at hiding it, but we're always thinking about ourselves. This is our tendency. We think about us in our work. We think about us in our friendships, our marriage, in raising kids. We have this tendency. And that's not just true for us. We also see that 
In Scripture, Matthew 20, there's this moment when the mother of James and John comes to Jesus and say, Hey, Jesus, you know, when you come in your kingdom, I want for my sons one to be on your right and one to be on your left. In other words, they were trying to leverage their influence with Jesus to be able to make a name for themselves. And then Jesus says uh, in verse uh, 26 of Matthew 20, says, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. So we see this in the Bible. We see this also in the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, this poor guy got robbed, and he's on the floor, and then the Levite goes by and doesn't do anything because he's got better things to do, and then the priest goes by and doesn't do anything because, you know, it's all about him, and he's in a hurry. He's got to do these things, and then the Samaritan takes care of him. And so we can look at these stories, and we can look at James and John and the Levite and the, and the, and the, uh, the priest, and we can say, man, these guys were so self centered. How could they be this way? But then we realize, if we're honest, that we all have the same tendency. A while back when I was preaching at church, some of you guys may remember this, I, I took a picture of the entire church, so I was preaching, and then I, I took this picture, and then I sent it back, and then they put it up on the big screen, and then I said, who did you look at first? And then everyone had to admit, well, actually, I was looking for my own face first. It's a strange tendency that we all have to think of ourselves first. This is something that we have to keep in check. Jesus talks about this a lot. He talks about this human nature. That's why he insists the first will be last. By the way, humble yourselves in order to be exalted. Do not take the first seeds. Take the back seat because it would be very embarrassing if you're taking the first seat and then they take you and they put you back. It's better to be in the back seat and then have someone say, hey, here's a, a place of honor because we have that tendency to think of ourselves first. You see, selfishness is sort of our default and being selfless seems to be counterintuitive. So we have to do something. We have to be proactive, right? Because it's like an escalator. If you just stand on the escalator, the escalator is going to move you up. You have to do something in order for you to be able to counteract the, the, the movement of the escalator. The same is true in our life because we will always tend towards selfishness. Selfishness will so, sort of move us and we have to be proactive in order for us to be selfless. And the Bible talks about this over and over again. But we struggle with this because we think that our life is sort of like this movie where we're the star and it's a movie about us and we're the main character. Now here's a big one as it relates to, 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 you know, thinking of ourselves and thinking that this is all about us. It, it affects the way we interpret scripture. Sometimes we'll read scripture and we'll read it like it's all about us. We'll, we'll read the story of David and we'll talk about, man, David was so amazing. He killed lions, he killed giants, and then he became a king. Man, David is so amazing. Or we think of the story of, of Gideon who came, you know, from nothing and with an army of 300 people, he defeated the Amalekites who were thousands and we're like man Gideon was so amazing or we'll think about the story of Paul this famous Pharisee you know who 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 walked away from everything and, and considered it rubbish and now he was exalted to the point to where we're talking about him now a day and we think about man look at Paul Paul was so amazing and we get confused and sometimes we can even hear this from some pulpits in the sense that 
You have to be a Paul. You have to be, you know, a David. You have to be a Gideon. And so we read these stories and we think that these stories are about us. Like we have to be David and we've got this lion or we've got this giant in front of us, which may be like a financial challenge. And we're like, in the same way that David took down this giant, I'm going to take down, you know, my financial thing or my illness or whatever it is that I have in front of us. The same with Gideon and the same with Paul. We think that not only these stories are, are about them, but we see ourselves reflected in these stories and we think that those stories are about us. And it's a strange thing that can happen when we interpret the scripture and we think that it's all about us. We think it's about ourselves and we start to, to, to see ourselves in a, in a strange way. Even in, 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 a, in a church context, you know, when we have that mentality of it all being about us, we, we start thinking about this whole idea of levels of authority. Like, like there's this level of a person that's more spiritual and almost like it's our goal to be able to achieve that. So it makes it our goal to be powerful, to be respected, to be honored, because we make it all about us. Let me be very clear when it comes to Scripture. The Bible is not a story about great people who did great things for God. No. The Bible is all about God. It's all about a great God who used regular people just like you and me to achieve great things. You see, if there's one thing that I want, one point that I want to get across this morning is that, is that it's all about him. You see, Colossians 1.18 says this. It says, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. You see, it's all about him. And this is so important. It's so important for us to get this right because it will save us from so much trouble and so much confusion. You see, none of this is about us. It's always about him. Romans eleven thirty six says, For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Now, we can get it confused because we can read it like, No, no, no. For me and through me and for me are all things. Glory to me forever. No, brothers and sisters, that's not the way it needs to be. It's always been about him. It is so important for us to get this. He's in charge. He's on top. He was in charge before we got here. He is in charge now, and he's going to be in charge when we leave this earth. Let me explain it this way. Have you ever noticed that um, in church, if, you've been, if you, you've been part of a church for a while, if you're, not new, if you're new to us, then this is not going to make any sense to you. But as Christians, sometimes we do strange things. And we have, we have strange things that we say, that we think that the things that we say are normal, but an outsider will, he will hear us say it, and they're like, what is he talking about? I'll give you four examples. When we listen to a song and we say, hey, is this a secular song? An outsider is going to be like, what does that even mean? Well, we understand exactly what it means. Or we say, uh, we're going to pray for travel mercies, right? To us, that's normal. From an outsider, they're like, what did they just say? Or, hey, I'm working on my witness. Wait, what a witness like that's just so confusing for people on the outside or you know I'll be talking to you and I'll be talking you know you'll, you'll talk to me about your girlfriend hey I have, I, have, I have a girlfriend and I'll tell you hey, is she a follower right we know exactly what that means but an outsider is like what did they just say so the reason why I'm saying that because there's something that at least in the circle where I, where I grew up that we used to say that was actually very strange we would say this 
Like if I was talking to you, if I was preaching and I, would, I was uh, inviting for you to take a next step, I would say, I want to invite you to put God on the throne of your life. Now, that sounds very spiritual and it sounds correct. But when you think about it, it's actually pretty arrogant, you know, because it's this whole idea of like, like, like you're thinking that you're sitting on this throne and you've got this crown on and you've got this robe on. And then you see God over there and you're saying, you know what, God? I'm going to let you sit here for a little bit. So come here, come here. I'm going to take my, my robe off. Here's the crown. You know, you put God on the, on the throne and you're like, okay, you can stay there for a little bit. I'm going to go do my thing. But then, you know, I'm going to let you know because pretty soon I'm going to be back on this throne. You understand? It's a weird way of seeing it. But we need to understand that we're not allowing God to take any role in our life. God has been on the throne all along and we just perhaps weren't aware of that. So what needs to happen in our minds is first to understand that God has always been on the throne and we have to position ourselves properly so we can understand this truth that has been true since the beginning. Revelation 1, 8 says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. You see, he's been on the throne all along. And it's possible that we just didn't realize that, which, which kind of reminds me of, a, of the story of Jacob. When he had, the, he had, Jacob had a dream and then he woke up from the dream in Genesis 28, 16 and says this, when, when Jacob woke up from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. You see, this message is not an invitation for you to put God on the throne. It's not. This message is, is an invitation for you to realize that he has been there since the beginning and maybe, like Jacob, you weren't aware of it. You see, this message is for us to position ourselves properly in our minds so we are no longer under the delusion that we're on the throne and that we have the power to get ourselves off the throne, to put God on the throne, to take him out, and then to put ourselves back on. You see, he was there before he is there now, and he will be there when we leave. I really hope we understand this. And it may be so obvious for, for you and for me, but it's so important for us to understand. Now, sometimes it takes something extreme in our life for us to truly understand this, because we may understand it conceptually, but we need to understand it in our heart. And sometimes it takes something extreme for you to come to that realization. Some of you guys know my story. I was under the same delusion. I grew up in a Christian home. I'm a fifth generation of pastors. I knew all the verses. I know all the Bible stories. I knew all that stuff. So in my mind, I thought that I knew God. And I thought that I was in control of my life. And I was living how I wanted and doing what I wanted. But all of a sudden, God got a hold of me. Some of you guys know my story. I won't get into it now, but I ended up in jail. And that's when I realized something that had been true since the beginning. I had all this information about God and I thought that I knew him, but I didn't know him. It's almost like having information about, about the president. You know, hey, I've got all this information about the president. You know, I know where, where he was born. I know his favorite food. I know his schedule. I could, I could know everything that there is to know about the president of the United States. But if I go to the White House right now and I knock on the door and I see the president, he's going to be like, I never knew you. Who are you? Right? 
And I could say, hey, I've got this, all this information about you. I know all this data about who you are. That won't matter. That won't matter. It's, the same, it's, it's what we read in Matthew 7.23. God saying, I never knew you. And that's what I understood. And it took something extreme in my life to know that, that head knowledge didn't mean anything. I had to experience for myself in real life the fact that God had always been on the throne and I just wasn't aware of it. Nothing had changed from God's position. I just came into the realization of something that had always been true. You see, like I said earlier, sometimes it takes something drastic for us to become aware of something that had always been true. Last week I talked about the fact that God will wait us out. He waits and waits and waits and waits, and in the midst of all this, maybe he'll send some drastic things in your life to sort of wake us up. It happened uh, to Paul in the Bible on the road to Damascus. This amazing thing that, that blinded him. And then the woman caught in adultery, this amazing thing, this, this, this um, extreme situation that shook her. You know, the healing of blind Bartimaeus also shook his life and changed him forever. Sometimes in our lives, brothers and sisters, it will take something drastic. For some of you, it's this pandemic that we're going through right now. And make no mistake, it's not that God all of a sudden took control or all, all of a sudden lost control. No, he has always been in control. And sometimes it takes something drastic for us to understand, wow, I am not on the throne of my life. There's someone else named God who is actually in control. And we didn't realize that until now. And so this, for some of you, may be a wake-up call. Maybe you're here and you're scared. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you have friends that are sick with the coronavirus. Hey, maybe you have already lost some people in your life or you know someone who has lost someone. And so my prayer for you this morning is that, is that you will become aware of something that has always been true, and that is the fact that God has always been in the throne. He has always been in control, and that this will humble you, and it will humble me to make us understand that this life isn't about you. This life isn't about me. It's about the one who has always been on the throne since the beginning. I'm going to close with this. It's, it's been interesting being at home more now, you know, and one of the things that I do with my family is I'll have a prayer time once a day and then I'll, I'll do kind of a health check. You know, we'll do a health check. How's everyone doing? Does anyone have any issues with their throat, their breathing? I just kind of do this health and my kids give me a bad time about it, but I still do it every day, you know, just to make sure. And then we have a time of prayer, and, and the, the, the prayer has been basically for safety, has been, please don't allow for us to get the coronavirus, please keep us safe, and all that kind of stuff. And that's honestly a good prayer. It's, a, it's kind of a safe prayer. But then I've been thinking about the prayers of the disciples, and thinking about the prayers of the people in the early church, and I don't think they ever prayed for safety. I think their prayers were for boldness for them to have the boldness to spread the gospel in the midst of persecution. And so I think about that. And, and, and I think about, because that, that challenges, honestly, that just challenges me. But it makes me think about my own life. And it also makes me think about our church. You see, our church, I don't know if you know this or not, but our church is a bold church. Because here's what happens. In the midst of, of, of this pressure, 
when you're under pressure like we are now, you can see what's on the inside. In other words, like imagine a, a tube of toothpaste, right? You, you, you pressure the, the tube and, and you see what's inside of the tube. The same thing happens with us in this type of situation. You know, we're under pressure. So what's inside of us comes out. Like we can see who we really are in the midst of all this. That's why, you know, sometimes we'll see the best in people, like people being nicer than ever or more generous than ever. Or you'll see people, you know, at a buffet getting arrested because they're fighting over crab legs, Right. And so what's inside comes out. If you're selfish, you'll be more selfish. It'll come out. If you're selfless, you'll, it'll come out under pressure. You'll show the fact that you are selfless. And, and our church, maybe you're wondering, what is our church? Like, we're under pressure right now. What is it that is coming out? Let me just give you a few examples. You know, um, our church now, in these, in these hard times of zero attendance in our church, We've had an increase in giving, which is, it's, it's amazing. I mean, there's no people coming to church, but our, our, our giving has increased. And you know why our giving has increased? Because that's who you are on the inside. In a time of, of no church attendance, zero church attendance, we've had more volunteers than ever. In a time of pressure where people are getting sick, we have served through our food help ministry more people than we have ever served. 170 families last, the week before, uh, 200 families last week, and this week we don't know yet because I'm, I'm recording this on Saturday and it's actually happening right now as I'm recording. Why? Because this is who we are on the inside. We are a church that understands why we do what we do. And what's true collectively is true individually because we are made up of people. And I, it, just, it just warms my heart to think about this. And I feel so privileged to be part of this church, knowing that we get stronger in the midst of a crisis. And we understand that this pandemic is not about us. It's not about you. And that makes me very happy. And so some of you may be thinking about Easter, like what's going to happen with Easter? Like no one's going to be watching the service because everyone's doing their thing. I believe that as a church, we're going to step up and we're going to invite all of our friends to watch our Easter service. Why? Because I believe that that's who we are on the inside. And so I want to I challenge you with two things, talking about next week. Number one, I want to challenge you to take this, this. Some of you guys have, see, have seen this already. You guys have gotten this uh, in the mail. This is um, a flyer invitation for uh, you to be able to give your neighbors. All I'm going to ask you, I'm not going to ask you to knock on the door and have them open and interact with them. Just leave these on the door of your neighbor. Just on the floor, right in front of the door, just leave it. On the, your four closest neighbors, just leave it there. And then number two, I'm going to ask you to um, invite people through our Facebook page. In other words, I want you to go to our Facebook page. I want you to find our event. I want you to RSVP, and I want you to share it. It's that simple. You can just literally do it on your computer right now after the service is over. And my commitment to you is I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach the gospel, and I'm going to I'm going to challenge people to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. So let's close our eyes now and let's, let's think about what we've heard. Uh, if you're uh, with people around you, I'm going to ask you to hold the, the hand of the person next to you. And, and I just want to say a few things before we close. Maybe you're here and you're scared. Maybe you're worried. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you're feeling stressed. Maybe you have people around you uh, that have even passed away or, or people around you that know people who have passed away and you're feeling stressed and you feel like everything is um, sort of crumbling down and 
And that's normal for you to feel that way. But also maybe you're here and you've realized something that has been true since the beginning and you just weren't aware of it. Maybe you knew it in your mind, but now you know it in your heart. And it's the fact that God is in control, that you are not on the throne, that God is on the throne and he is making the calls. And maybe today this is changing you on the inside. Maybe it's time to shift your perspective. And maybe it's time for you to do one of two things. One, give your life to Jesus. Or number two, rededicate your life to God. And so if this is you, I just want you to raise your hand where you're at. This may be weird, maybe weird, but I just want you to raise your hand and put it right back down because when you respond on the inside, it makes it so much more real for you uh, on the inside. I'm sorry, when you respond on the outside, it makes it even more real for you on the inside as you respond. So just raise your hand and put it right back down and I'm going to pray for you. Lord God, I just want to thank you for this time that we share. I thank you for your love and your mercy. I pray, Lord God, that we will understand not in our minds, but in our hearts, that you are in control and you've been in control since the beginning. You have always been on the throne. Help us to understand that none of this is about us. It's always about you. I pray, Lord, that we will pray for boldness in the the sense of doing the things that you're asking us to do, keeping ourselves safe, but at the same time, not holding back in what you're asking us to do, Lord. We recognize that this is all about you. It's all about you. And none of this is about us. And I thank you, Lord, for the people who have responded to the message. I thank you for the people who have given their lives to you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the people who have rededicated their life to you, Lord. And I pray for them. And I pray that as we come back together, when all of this is, is over, that we'll just have a time of celebration and that will be a beautiful moment. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Will you join uh, Francis as he leads us in a time of communion? Hey, what is up, everybody? How's it going? I hope you had a great Sunday morning. It's Francis here. If you don't know me, I'm the Student Ministries Director at Downing First Christian Church, and I'm here to bring the communion meditation this morning. Um, Really what communion is, is a time to come together, and it's really a time to come together and to remember collectively the sacrifice that Jesus Jesus paid on the cross for us. Um, So if you got your Bible, I'm going to just go through um, a verse, real, a couple of verses real quick in Ephesians. And right now, I'm doing this from the comfort of my own home, my own apartment. And um, we are all quarantined right now. We've been quarantined for the past couple of weeks, and it's, it's crazy times. But I want to encourage you, The one of the greatest Christians ever, Paul, prisoner, Apostle Paul, wrote two-thirds. Like, how is it that two-thirds of the New Testament was written most of it was written in quarantine. He was a prisoner and he wrote these letters to different churches. And one of those churches was the church of Ephesus, which we have the letter to the Ephesians from in our Bible. And so I want to read that with that in mind, he's, he's a prisoner and he's able to make such a huge impact. And I think that we can still make a huge impact collectively as the church, even in quarantine to encourage one another and exhort one another. That being said, Ephesians chapter three, Verse 12, follow along with me. It says, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. Praise God we're not separated from Christ now. Even in quarantine, he's still with us. It says, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, but now. Come on. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. My brothers and my sisters, 
Communion is a time for us to reflect on the blood that Jesus shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and so that we could receive salvation in him. Um, so wherever you're at, you can take communion at home. I got bread and I got my juice. It doesn't have to be bread. It doesn't have to be juice. One time at Encounter, which is our student ministry, um, I did cookie communion. I had milk and cookies. Um, I don't know how biblical that is, but God will honor it. And as long as we're, we're doing it for the Lord and we're doing it together, we remember the, um, that the bread is his body that was broken on the cross for us. And the juice is the blood that he shed for the forgiveness of sins. So that being said, church, let's take this communion together. Body of Christ. The blood of Christ. All right, have the best rest of your day, Downey. I love you guys so much. It's higher than the mountains that I face. Stronger than the power of the grave. Constant in the trial and the change. This one.